Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 51 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I, I really am. It's uh, one of those things where I'm so glad that I am able to have a beard to keep myself warm uh, this time mm. of year. It's getting a little more chilly. And I'm, I have to say, like, I'm a little shocked because, I, I, you know, I saw you the other day and I was like, whoa, what happened to your beard, bro? Yeah, it uh, it was one of those things. It was kind of a late <laughs> night decision. Um, and it was it was just getting itchy. It was it was bothering me. I had put all the, the, the stuff in it you're supposed to. But it was just, um, you know, one of those points where I was thinking, like, OK, what is my end goal with this thing? Because you know where it was? It it. it it's just like when I tried to grow up my hair out or grow my hair out the one time I got to that kind of in between where if I wear a hat all the time, it's fine, but it was, it's not quite long enough to train itself to just go back and, and yeah, hold yeah. down. And uh, then I had to do a wedding for our friends, Paul and Jody. And like, I wasn't about to have that in between hair for the, for the way it would have looked terrible. And so I was just kind of feeling that way with the beard too, where I wanted to get it big so I could shape it and look all sweet. But like that was going to take quite a while. And you know, you've had a beard for a long time. It takes a bit to grow. And so it, I was just kind of, I was torn on it and thought, you know what, what am I even doing here? And uh, so I, I cut it down and it feels, feels a little bit better now, a uh, shorter. So we'll see. I, I probably have at least once a year that I come back and think this is going to be the year that I grow it out. So maybe I'll do that. I don't know at the beginning of this year as it gets colder, but as of right now, I wanted to just, uh, you know, trim it down a little bit, and and here we are with not not quite baby face, Derek, but uh, much closer to it than yeah. it was. Yeah, you got some scruff there. It's, yeah, it's not. Quite I can't. Baby I face. can't go the the clean shave, and otherwise you get the, you know, the the beard or the razor burn and the yeah. and all that. Yeah. I'm I'm not about that life. Plus, uh, Alexis is not like when I clean shave. Then I look like I can be part of the youth group, <laughs> and uh, she feels weird when she's married to a guy who looks like he's a high schooler because yeah. that's how I look without a beard. So yeah, that, that's all right. I just I was just curious about the beard thing, man. I. I I have to keep mine to cover up the ugly. So um, you <laughs> I didn't don't get have a, that. You don't have that problem. I didn't get as much reaction to it as I as I thought. A couple of youth kids that were actually disappointed that I shaved it, but nobody else said anything. I figured there'd be adults that were like, "Oh, finally you made the decision to shave it." Yeah. Um, but but I got nothing, so a little well, disappointed. I you know I would have said something, but I was somewhat grieved that uh, mm. it was gone. So well, that's fitting because today we're going to talk about that topic of grief. It actually comes from a, a member of our church, Carl, who who asked the question. He just said, "I would like to know why God takes uh, takes takes away people that I love and care for, and lets it hurt for so long." Mm. And I think it's a it's a simple question, but at the same time, a yeah. a big question, and one that I think most people in general, but but Christians too, really struggle with how we reconcile grief and loss. Yeah, um, we we know some of the truths of the Bible, and that if you believe in Jesus, you'll go to heaven. But that doesn't make it easier a lot when dealing with grief. I've recently lost my grandpa, Jackie. You, I know, lost your mom at a younger age. Um, knowing these kind of truths that we're going to talk about from the Bible help, but it doesn't, you know, take away the fact that 
it hurts. It still hurts. Yeah. And you still lost yeah. that person. And they're not going to be in your life the next day. So uh, yeah. we, we're just going to talk through what it looks like. Um, so for many of you listening, I'm sure you guys have gone through some grief, maybe even recently. And we, we hope and pray that this episode would be one that can encourage you in that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm with you, Carl. I mean, a lot of times it's just like, why? Why is this hurt? And um, it's something we ne- can't necessarily make sense of um, in, in this world. But uh, a perspective that Carl is sharing with us is a very similar perspective in Psalm 13, as David is writing. He asks, uh, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? And and, and for him is you know literal physical person, um, but for us, the enemy of death and grief and sorrow, um, it can apply. And he says, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I'm shaken. And he goes on and says, but I've trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountiful with me. And and I think, you know, we can relate to that. We, we go through sorrow and, and sometimes we're like, Lord, why is this going on for so long? Mm-hmm. And the answer is ultimately uh, rejoicing the Lord coming to him, but that's easier said than done. Yeah. And so I think we need to kind of go through like the why, why is this stuff happening? Um, and, and, and see what the Bible has to say about that. And then ultimately how we get to that point where we can, we can trust in, in God's loving kindness and be able to find joy in the midst of that sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think just starting that with, with the answer to why is, uh, first, with, with Romans six twenty three, that we're familiar with, the wages of sin is death. Yeah, so I think from a, a very basic standpoint, the what we earn for our sin is death, and we know that all people have sinned ever. You know, back from Genesis three, when um, when Eve and, and Adam ate the tree or ate the fruit from the the tree of the knowledge. <laughs> ate, they ate the tree. They didn't eat yeah. the whole tree. Um, God didn't give him the chance to do that before he booted him out. Uh, but, uh, from, from the knowledge of good, uh, and evil. Yeah. And then from there we see even in Genesis four, already the first case of murder with Cain and Abel yeah. of a brother did not take long for sin and death to spread. And so grief in hurt, that way, sorrow, right away pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and we've seen that all ever, ever since then, you know, as we yeah. have a world that, uh, is, you know, getting closer to that, the uh, return of Jesus yep. every day is closer and every day we we long for it more, but we see that from the beginning that with any bit of grief, any sorrow, any loss comes ultimately from sin. And I think that's that's important to remember uh, as we, we like to blame a whole host of things or, or even death. You know, we, we blame cancer, we blame uh, drunk driving incidents, whatever it may be. And th- those, it's fair, mm-hmm. but at the root of all of that is sin and, yeah. and being um you know yeah. angry at sin that that is that causes death yeah, sin, sin you know personal sin may not be and most likely isn't what caused the death in that moment like okay mm-hmm. well, why'd they get cancer yeah if someone asked someone asked me that at, at my mom's visitation like did you ever figure out what sin your mom committed um that caused her cancer and caused her to die and i'm just like what you know um Dude, that, yeah, that, that. that's a messed Oof. up understanding yeah, very much. Um, ultimately, so. general sin, sin in the world, has caused all this pain and grief. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's it's always a specific sin. Right now, mm-hmm. okay, well, you did this, and that's why you have this. But that's the reality where we live right now. Yeah, we yeah. live in a world that's full of sorrow, grief, hurt because 
sin has come into the world. Yep. Yeah. Sin is sin is responsible for all of that. And we, yeah. we see that too. In Romans eight, twenty two through twenty five, we see where um this this desire for um, to get away from sin, to be saved. Uh, we, we see that where it says this in verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Mm-hmm. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So you get this... Yeah. So idea, I mean, it even says in there the the redemption of our bodies, right? Our bodies that have been marred by sin. We yeah. we see that as our bodies fail. Uh, you're Jackie, you're about to get surgery um, on your <laughs> heel this this upcoming month, and you're going to be with you know not able to really use your leg much for a bit. And I can tell your body is groaning to get that fixed, <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be groaning during the recovery process as yeah. well. And yeah. I'm sure you're longing for the the day of the redemption of your body yep. to have that heavenly body that's not going to have all the ailments that, that you have and many others can probably relate to that. But we get this idea that from the beginning, all of creation is marred by sin. Yeah. All of creation is groaning together. It's almost like this cumulative grief together for, yeah. because of sin and a desire to be saved. As it says, we inwardly wait for adoption as sons. And we, we know that's through Jesus Christ to, to be adopted as, as sons and daughters for God. And, uh, just waiting for that day when that you know the fulfillment of everything that comes promise, and Jesus yeah. returns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, in, in Ecclesiastes three, actually verse two, he talks about there's a time to be born, a time to die, um, and then verse four, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, like like rejoicing. And that's just that's where we are in this world. We there are time. There's it's up and down. There there's times of rejoicing. There's times of sorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times of grief. Uh, and loss, and there's times of restoration and gain, and 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 that's where we are in this world, and and so that ultimately starts to get to the the reason of why. I mean, and yeah. and even Jesus went through sorrow and grief. You know, Isaiah fifty three, um, speaking of Jesus to come and, and redeem us, describing what Jesus would go through, which he did go through. Um, Isaiah fifty three, starting in verse three, it says that he was despised and forsaken of men a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And, and the great contrast there, Derek, is that Jesus didn't deserve any of this. Yeah. Right, for us, we're sinners. Yeah, right, the wages of sin is the death. Wages of sin is death. Jesus, Jesus didn't, didn't, yeah. And, and so the sorrow that comes with that, we deserve. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Jesus didn't, and He carried ours on Him. Um, and man, what what a wonderful Savior we have that, that did that. But Jesus experienced that; He went through sorrow, He went through grief, and uh, so none of us in this world are going to go through it without having sorrow and grief. Yeah, um, from at times. Yeah, yeah, and and just carrying on, John John eleven thirty three through thirty five, which you actually connected this past. Well, by the time everyone's listening, this will be two Sundays ago um, with Isaiah 53 and John 11, um, just to show that, that Jesus uh, suffers with us, the yeah. suffering Savior. Um, it says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, this is um, talking about Mary and, and Martha with the loss of Lazarus, yep. um, and the Jews who came with her were also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then the shortest verse in the Bible 
Jesus wept. Yeah. Verse 35. And so we see Jesus here, and, and you, you talked about this in your, your recent sermon, that Jesus was, you know, he, he sympathized with the people. He felt what they felt. Now, he knew Lazarus, he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. In fact, <laughs> you know that, and you talked about Jesus wasn't weeping because Lazarus died. Right. Because if that were the case, it says just before that that he waited. He knew Lazarus was sick and intentionally waited and stayed out of town so for he, a few more so days <laughs> so that he would die. So it's it, it wouldn't make a lot of logical sense if Jesus was grieving his death specifically because of what Lazarus meant to him if he could have prevented it and if he didn't know that you know, he, he knew he was going to bring him back. And he said he was glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that part. He said he was glad that, that he wasn't there. So this weeping, we see, has got to be connected to seeing the, the response of, of the, the people, people hurting and, and what and they grieving. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and even, you know, you and I were talking before the show that uh, the concept where it says he was deeply moved in spirit. We, we see the troubled part where you, troubled by, you know, what's going on with that deeply moved in spirit is really um, the Greek word talks more about, it's almost like indignant anger. Or, or anger. Yes. And any other time we see that in scripture, I think there, there's five times total that word is used. It's always in that. It's a scolding. It's an anger. It's, it's indignant. And so then the question is, what is he angry, angry about? Mm-hmm. And, and I think when talking through it, what he's angry at is death, yeah. angry at sin. He sees the impact that it has on these people that are just trying to figure out Lazarus was a good man. What do we, how do we deal with this? And Mary and we Martha loved who, who loved him and they also loved Jesus and are wondering like, you know, what, where, where were you? You know, you, you could have, you could have saved him. And of course Jesus said, well, I, I didn't for the sake of glorifying myself through this, but you can see as he's, he's weeping with the people, um, he's feeling for them. He's also angry and indignant at sin and mm-hmm. death and the impact that it has on all of these people. Yes. Um, and so, you know, and ultimately to the point where he died on the cross so that we wouldn't have to experience death at least the, the second time. You know, we, we are going to have a physical death, but right. the spiritual death. So it's it's so helpful, I think, to see Jesus in that light where he experiences that grief and sorrow and loss. He feels that with us. We don't have this impersonal Savior um, who's just that, you know, dad in the sky with his arms crossed, always looking down and disappointed. No, he feels for us and, and walks through life and comforts us. Yeah. And he, and he, and as you're pointing out, I mean, he, he despises the fact that his creation, the people yeah. that he loves hurts. Yeah. He, he hates that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Hebrews four, uh, 14 through 16 kind of speaks to this where it says, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, so let us hold fast with our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet is without sin. So let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You might say, well, let's talk about temptation and sin. Well, yet the temptation is like to blame God and think God is, is somehow... Um, at fault for this pain in this world, and the reality is he 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 doesn't he he doesn't want us to experience that. He has to. He's good. So he the pain we talked about this in another mm-hmm. episode. The pain does teach us to trust God, come to God, teach us to avoid sin. But He's there with us, and He hurts when we hurt, and we can go to Him and find help. Yeah, and that, I think First Thessalonians four thirteen through fourteen is a good uh, verse regarding grief and how to view death. And it says this, but we do not want you to be uninformed brethren about those who are asleep 
so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Mm-hmm. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. So I think that that is such an encouragement for us when yeah. um, someone that we know, uh, you know, someone in our church and our family dies uh, that knows Jesus, we can be encouraged because yes. it's, it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. We are going to see them again. And I know that you've talked about it at length um, with, with your mom having cancer when it, it was a, it was a mercy that she was delivered from that. And now yeah, she, she was, she's, she was healed completely. It, it's hard for mm-hmm. anyone here on earth who was close. I can't imagine that, that pain, but praise God that you and your family had hope to know that your mom was now delivered from that pain and that it, it wasn't the same as just, you know, someone who didn't know Jesus. This was someone that you you could have full confidence that you will see again someday mm-hmm. in a much in that heavenly body that's not yeah. riddled by cancer. And praise God for that. Amen. But now it it kind of poses a question that I think um, we struggle with at times. And this has been you know as you've done many funerals and the idea of doing a funeral for an unbeliever um, I think scares me at times um, because of mm-hmm. this question. And it, it's how do we grieve for those? that we've lost who aren't in Jesus, right? First Thessalonians four gives us this hope. Yep. If they're in Jesus, it's going to hurt here on earth, but at least, you know, it's better. But, but for yeah. those that aren't, we know that salvation comes only through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you lose someone who isn't in Jesus, how, how do we really, how do we grieve? How does, <laughs> how do we process that? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great question. And I, I think the first thing that you want to do is obviously hope. Um, pray and 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 hope that they did know Jesus. You just didn't know they knew Jesus. Mm. Um, but there's the reality that they that they if you think they didn't, they probably didn't. And um, there's nothing that can be done about that. Um, but um, God can still use that deep sorrow and grief in your life for good because He can use that sorrow and grief that you have, knowing that that this loved one you, you may never see them again to motivate you to share the gospel mm-hmm. with others that you love so that you've done what he's called you to do so that hopefully you won't have other loved ones end up in that same place. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's really, it, it ought to be a motivating factor factor for you to share the grief. And, and I think also there's peace in that knowing that God hates it probably more than you do. Yeah. You know, he knows that reality more than you know it. And he knows that we've read about hell and, and torment and those things. And we understand it in part, but God knows it fully. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he despises that they're there as well. And, and so uh, we have a, we have a God who can sympathize with us, be there with us. He can give us a peace that surpasses all understanding and yet also use that grief to motivate us to share the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Cause I, I do think that's one that the Christians can struggle with. Is it, what do I, what do I do when, yeah. when I lose a loved one who yeah. doesn't know? And I think those are those are really good practical steps to take. And then I mean, ultimately to know that God is a God of comfort. And I know you um, had a verse for that you're going to read Second Corinthians one two through four that really yeah. it really lays that out. So you can go ahead and uh, put that on us. Yeah, uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. So no matter what sorrow, grief we go through, God can bring us comfort. And then he wants us to not only have that comfort, but then he wants us to be agents 
of comfort that can take that what God has given us and use it to help other people as they grieve mm-hmm. and as they go through sorrow. Um, Jesus talked about it in Matthew 5, 4 in the Sermon on the Mount where he says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And and that's that's a promise. You know, mm-hmm. uh, th- th- God is promising that if we mourn and we grieve in, in, grieve in him, we can find comfort. Now, it may not happen in the immediate. It may not happen in the near future. Um, it may not happen until we get to heaven. But in Christ, we can find peace and comfort. Mm-hmm. And we can also trust that, that God is good and desires to ultimately end our sorrow and grief. Yeah, it's not his desire for us to just live in, no, in turmoil all of our not. life. Uh, Lamentations 3, 31 through 40 says this, For the Lord will not reject forever. For if he causes grief, then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness. For he does not afflict willingly or grieve the sons of men to crush under his feet all the prisoners of the land, to deprive a man of justice in the presence of the high God, to defraud a man in his lawsuit. Of these things, the Lord does not approve. Who is there who speaks and it comes to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the most high that both good and ill go forth? Why should any living mortal or any man offer complaint in view of his sins? Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. So we see that just in the earlier portion where it says he does not afflict willingly or grieve the son's of men. And it says that he'll have compassion according mm-hmm. to his loving kindness. So in this, in sorrow that comes, and sometimes we get sorrow from our own sin. Our, yeah, sometimes our own that brings, brings conviction mm-hmm. when we have natural consequences of our sin, but God is there when we reap the consequences of our sin to still comfort us, still love us, even though uh, we're, we're having grief and sorrow for wrongs even that we've committed ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I just, you, you, you said it, I want to reiterate it again. Um, just the God doesn't do it willingly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to have to do it. But ultimately, the end of what you read said, let us examine our ways and return to the Lord. Uh, God does bring grief and sorrow so that ultimately we go to him um, because that, that's the purpose in it. And he doesn't desire for that. Ultimately, he desires a relationship with us, but he knows that we have to go through those difficulties. Yeah, and many times we want to be our own God. Yeah, and he yeah. gives us the chance. He gives us the mm-hmm. chance to come back, but then uh, other times there's we do have that affliction. Yeah, that comes yeah. As so, a result. so ultimately, grief and sorrow is is is, is a form of grace. Yeah, uh, being extended to us to teach us to come to God and and, and find what we need in Him, uh, and that's ultimately what Jesus was coming to do was to rescue us from all these things. Isaiah sixty one prophesied about Jesus coming, and um, this is this is like the words of Jesus being spoken. Like it's, it's the servant that we read about in Isaiah 53 saying what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And it says in Isaiah 61, starting in verse 1, And the Spirit of the Lord of God, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. And so Jesus is coming. He, he came to do those things. And, and so he, he wants us to trust him to, to do that very thing, to rescue us from sin and the consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. And, and we see in John 16, 33, it says, These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So through all this struggle, mm-hmm. we may have peace through Jesus. That yeah. is that is the that is the hope that He gives us here on this in this world, but obviously beyond the world because He's overcome the world. We have a hope for 
um, eternity in, in heaven. Right. Yeah. That, that tribulation there, that's that grief, that sorrow, that loss, that hurt. Um, we have those things. I mean, there's, there's more than that, but I'm saying those fit in that tribulation piece. And Jesus is saying, I've spoken these things to you, all the things that he was telling them in the scripture, uh, he gave them so that they would find peace in him in the midst of sorrow and grief and hurt and suffering and, 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 and even the threat of death. And mm-hmm. so, um, that's that's what John sixteen thirty three that that's what makes it so awesome is he overcame the world and he wants to help us overcome it too, um, and you even see the grace of God wanting to bring us comfort and peace and ultimately deliver us from from sorrow and death in in Genesis three twenty four, so uh, when God took Adam and Eve and he put them out of the Garden of Eden, there was actually a mercy because it says in Genesis three twenty four it says he drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed a cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. You're saying, what in the world? What, is, what does this mean? Why, why did God do that? Well, the tree of life. You could live forever. Um, and so man living forever in a fallen world where there's grief and sorrow and loss and pain and death, that's misery forever. Mm. Um, and so the fact that we actually die, and so when Carl asked the question, like, why does God take people from me? Ultimately, death is getting us out of this world where all this suffering is. Mm-hmm. And if we're in Christ, it's taking us to something better. And so but anyway, the point is, in all that, there's this grace here where God is rescuing us from an eternity in suffering yeah. uh, by bringing about death. It puts an end to it. And and one day he's going to put an end to every sorrow and pain. Um, that's the promise. Revelation 21, uh, verse 4. It says, speaking of Jesus, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain because the first things have passed away. And and that's the promise that we have in Christ is that we we can have those things gone forever one day. And when Jesus returns, and and we're we're with him forever. There's going to be no more of that, and he promises that for us. And um, so right now, that stuff is there to teach us that we need him. And when we're with him, we'll never have to experience those mm-hmm. things again. So just to summarize it all, wrap it all up. We know ever since the fall of man on that fateful day in the Garden of Eden, death has been an inevitable part of humanity. We see that all of creation is groaning and longing for restoration because of sin. We can rejoice even in our grief, though, because Jesus has overcome the world and gives us life and hope beyond this life. When we struggle through grief and loss, we we can, and excuse me, we can be comforted by Jesus, who sympathizes with our pain and brings us a peace beyond understanding. But God also desires to use the hurt for good, so we ought to let the grief of losing our loved ones be motivation to share the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ that can save anyone from death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. That's, that's, that's what it is, yep. you know? And so ultimately the why that's it. Mm-hmm. God wants to use the hurt um, ultimately so that he can bring people to himself through Christ. Yeah. Amen. So that concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. God bless. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.